Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's morning podcast. We're so glad you can join us, but before we get into the word, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you're a good God, Lord, and that you're a good God all the time, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that the, for the people that you put in our lives, Lord, and how you've orchestrated our lives, Lord, so that way we can interact and fend the greater will you have for each and every one of us, Lord. And Lord, we also just furthermore thank you for the people who are here to teach us, Lord, so that way we can continue to grow in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you with us, and we're excited to continue our study on the Lord's house. On the past couple episodes, we've been talking about the Ark of the Covenant, or the testimony, right? As it's typically referred to. So, we've been going through all the... We know that the Lord does nothing without... For, without there being a purpose and a reason behind it, and actually many purposes and reasons, right? He communicates to us so much through the details if we would just take the time to listen and understand, right? But in doing so, it reveals his thoughts and his ways to us, and it can only bless and benefit our lives, all right? So we're going to resume where we left off. We had discussed the Ark of the Covenant and all the details, and we had discussed why the Lord chose the items that he chose to put inside the Ark of the Covenant, right? Uh, which would be the, the bowl of manna, Aaron's rod that bloom, and the commandments, right? Now we're not done because we're going to talk about the Ark in its fullness, okay? Again, all this, every, the Ark of the covenant and everything within it speaks to about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're going to make that connection. We're going to continue making those connections now so we can understand. All right. Um, but first, we're going to reread that section of scripture where the Lord is giving Moses the instructions about the ark. And that's in Exodus 25 verses 10 through 22. So can I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, promise. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay with pure gold, and side and out you shall overlay, and you shall make it on a, you shall make on it a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it. And put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark of the testimony which I give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. 
You shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherubim at one end and the other cherubim at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. And the... And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be towards the mercy seat. You shall put the put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I give you. And there I will meet you, and I will speak speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I give you. Give you a commandment to the children of Israel. Thank you, sir. And amen. Mm -hmm. um, amen. As I was saying, there is a lot that we have been covering, all these exacting details, right? So that we can understand our Lord fully, right? And one of the things that was brought up in the last podcast was how the light... Sorry, he was the light, right? But it said the darkness didn't comprehend it mm. and it actually rejected. It chose the darkness instead of the light, right? Yes. Yes. So, do we not see a pattern with that? Or actually, yes, we do see a pattern. We see that from the beginning. And Nain, brother, you brought this up, which was a great point when you asked, why two trees? Right, and the pattern is we, the Lord gives us a choice. Two trees in the center of the in garden. In the center of the garden, yes. Why two trees in the center of the garden? Thank you, honey. Yeah, yeah. That's going <laughs> back Eden. a bit. Yeah, it is. Yes. <clears throat> but right. why, did but we, it was, why did we ever have the choice to begin with? Exactly. Right? Uh, and why didn't he just eliminate the one? But we are free moral age. We have a free will. And we can freely choose to align with him and his will or pursue our own. Right? Mm -hmm. Um. And again, all these scriptures are speaking to and about mm -hmm. Christ, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a number of scriptures that we're going to go through. The first being uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Can I get a volunteer to read that, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Mm -hmm. Exactly what we've been talking about, right? How he was the light, but the people chose the darkness instead. They, he was honored with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. Right? And yes. we all have that, that choice today. So, so it does matter for our lives who we will choose to serve. Mm -hmm. your, your reference to the two trees in the, the center of the garden. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people feel like, well, I'll choose, I can either choose God, choose the devil, or choose myself. You're actually not an option on that. It's, <laughs> you are not. It's, it's, if you choose to serve yourself, you automatically come underneath the adversary because he chose to serve himself. So it's, it's an interesting dichotomy that you see. Here's the two trees. There's the tree of life, which God always says, choose life that you and your seed may live. Choose life, choose, choose, choose life. Mm -hmm. He says that repeatedly throughout his word. 
And then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, they already knew good, and there was already the option of life. So the only thing that was left for them was to come underneath the adversary. And what tree was it that he was pointing them towards? It wasn't the tree of life. It didn't say, he didn't go, why don't you come over here and eat this fruit of the tree of life so you can live forever and you can outlive God. He didn't say that. He said, come over here and choose the knowledge of good and evil to have a different option to come underneath a different banner mm-hmm. than that of the Lord God. So that's, that's very interesting to me. Absolutely. Just, um, I know that's not necessarily where we're going. You feel free to shut me down, but it's, you know, the, the reality is, is that the, the most healthy choice we can make is to surrender our choice to make any choice and to be obedient to God. And that's what it really boils down to because that's really what we had. We didn't have, in, in essence, a choice because all we had was the knowledge of God and everything that he did was good. And we didn't need anything beyond that. And that's what God was really saying. That's why he put it there so that it would be a choice, right? But ultimately, as we grow in our maturity, we find that our choices are pretty much worthless. And, if, if, and all we need to do is just align everything to submit to him. So our best choice is to submit our right to choose mm-hmm. and just follow. Amen. And let, follow God and let yeah, him yeah, be yes, the one yes. who dictates. With the Holy Spirit through Christ. That's yes, right. Yes, that's right. Just, that's but, right. Yeah. But let him make the decisions. And our decision is to obey him. Our choice Amen. is made to obey him. And he gets to make the other various decisions that need to be made because he's the only one who knows actually the right answer. Right. So. Now. Amen. 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 Yes. So I have this question because we're talking about the ark. I want, I feel led to discuss it in its fullness. And, and with that is, what happened to the ark? Where is it now? It was, I thought it was taken back up into heaven. Well, is that what you're asking, darling? Yes. Where is it now? Right. And that's important. And we're going to cover the why here. Um, can I get a volunteer to read Mark sixteen nineteen? Hmm. I will. Okay. Go ahead, promise. It says, So that after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jesus, yes? yes? Yes. Okay. And can I get a volunteer to read Luke 24, 50 through 51? I will. All right, Layla. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Okay. And, Dean, would you read First uh, Timothy 3.16, please? Sure. Since you let me know in advance, I would be reading it. I'm right there prepared, ready to go. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, brother. Amen. Yes. Yes. We're pretty, pretty, you know, y'all amaze me how quickly y'all get to your verses. So I just wanted to <laughs> let the listeners know you don't have to be fast at getting to the things in the Bible. Just get to the things in the Bible. Get so, there. So 1 Timothy 3.16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh vindicated by the spirit seen by angels proclaimed among the nations believed on in the world taken up in glory hmm. amen amen That's deep. it is so all this speaks of of christ mm-hmm. right 
Um, Christ taken up. Christ taken up and ascending. Um, oh, I forgive me. I am looking for a, a specific scripture. Uh, I need to locate it. Um, okay. Interesting, John, as you say, you look for a specific scripture. Is there any scripture you give that isn't specific? Well, of course, our Lord is very specific, and I try to follow his pattern example. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you would never give us a non-specific. <laughs> Let me find a non-specific scripture right? for you. to read. Um, Let's just pull one out at random here, you know? Mm-hmm. While you're looking for that, sweetheart. Um, yes, honey. I wanted to, this is something that um, in the previous podcast, the Lord brought to my mind, and it was this. When we don't pay attention to detail, um, then we end up dishonoring God. And I I can speak for myself in this, especially in my youth. I had a a mindset that would say, well, what does it matter? You know, yeah, God, you said it's got to be this color and that and these many and then go here and do that. But this is just as good. It's the same. It's, It's basically it. And I did not have reverence for the way my God's mind works, for his his ways, his strategies. And I often elevated my own thought process above his and when I did that, it was without fail, I would dishonor him. I would transgress his word. I would trespass against him. And, you know, as we were talking, I just kind of, in my mind, scrolled through the scriptures. I mean, I've got countless times in my life where I thought I had a better idea or God was being too specific because it doesn't take all that, um, which is a, a quintessential line from the adversary. It don't take all that. You don't need that. You don't need to do all that. You don't need that. It's not important. Why do you need to do this? It's not important. When God says it is, um, think about King Saul when the Lord told him to go and take care of this particular king, kill him, kill everything, don't bring anything back. And he said, That's, I know you said that, God, but I've got a better idea. He didn't pay attention to God, his details because he didn't reverence God. He didn't find them important. And he ended up having, he dishonored God. And as a result of that, the kingdom was taken away from him. Uh, Samuel said, by now the kingdom would have been established, but now it's going to be torn from your hands. Um, David, you remember when they were bringing the ark, the, the, the literal initial ark of the covenant, they were bringing it from when the Philistines had taken it, no, is that right? They were bringing it back. Yes, yeah, on yes. a cart. Yes, and they had placed it on a cart instead of carrying it by the poles as God desired and designed, and was very specific in saying, "Don't touch it. Carry it by the poles. Leave the poles in the rings. Don't take them out. They're supposed to stay there because you got to carry it by the rings." And David, when every when the people perished as a result of their lack of reverence for the detail of God. And God's specifics, David was initially upset thinking God was too harsh. But when he said, let me humble myself and went back and searched the scriptures, he said, well, okay, there it is. Your details matter, God. And I don't have a right to usurp my will, my authority, my perspective over yours to tell you what's right versus saying, let me humble myself and be your child, be your vessel and honor and respect what you told me to do, God. Um, Also, the second temple, when when the people came back from Babylon and they were building the temple and they had started to search the scriptures, they found out where they had sinned against God because they didn't pay attention to their details. They had taken pagan wives to themselves and had pagan children with their pagan wives. And that, to them, it didn't matter. But to God, there's a specific purpose. God is not against 
interracial marriage. If it's a believer and a believer, he doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care where you come from. If you respect him as God and he's ordained you to be together, enjoy yourselves. Get married. Love God. Carry on. Have children. But if it's a pagan, someone who does not worship your God, which is the Lord God Almighty, he said, don't partake of that because you'll turn your heart away from him. And you'll end up hating God and serving these this other master that is not your God. So they ended up having to put their children away and their families in an effort to realign themselves with God. So if we fail to pay attention to his details, you can guarantee we will end up dishonoring our God. So it behooves us to take the effort to pay attention to him, if not just out of respect because he's God, but then also because we love him and we want to please him and we want him to be um, magnified as others look upon him to consider coming to Jesus. We want them to honor and reverence him as well. Amen. So we were talking about where the ark is, right? Yes. And we just were reading all the scriptures about Jesus ascending into heaven. Revelation chapter 11, verse 19. You got it, Layla? Mm-hmm. All right. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. Everybody get that? Yes. It says exactly where the ark of the covenant is. The ark of his covenant is in heaven. Again, pointing to Jesus, right? Yes. Yes. And I will conclude looking at the ark of the covenant with this one verse. Layla, can you read Revelation 19, verse 10? Yes. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Did we not say that the Lord does nothing without, or the Lord said, he does nothing without first revealing it to his prophets. He revealed the, these things, the patterns, all this stuff. In this case, we're reading it to Moses. Make it, see that he, said, he told Moses, see that you follow the pattern, right? Yes. Okay. For everything to be made. Lord is very, very specific about the details. And we see how all of this just points to Jesus. Everything made and everything within is talking to and about Jesus. So at this time, I want to open up the floor because uh, I've been doing a lot of, of talking here and I want to open up for discussion so everyone has the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking and ministering to you and, of course, to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? Well, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes, brother. So... um when we're when you're saying that the ark is in heaven, yes, the ark of the covenant is that the ark that was always there in the temple that the heavenly temple, or is that the ark that was made by man that has now been moved there? 
because I thought the temple and all of everything in it was a shadowing of that which already existed in heaven. Yes. And we read this, and it's in um, chapter 19, I believe, where it says how there is no temple there, right? Um, I have to find the exact scripture here. But, um, there's no need of the temple, and his light will be the right, light, right? Exactly. Yes. So, there, there is no temple. So, it talks about the ark, it's talking about the ark. But if you we search out scripture, there just comes a, a point in time where the ark isn't mentioned anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so it's, I, I would, I don't know specifically, but what happens when you can't find somebody? Enoch was, and then he was not because the Lord took him. Why wouldn't the Lord do the exact same thing as a type in shadow about this, I'll say, man-made Ark of the Covenant, if you will, right? As a type in shadow, again, for his son, who ascended into heaven. As it says very specifically in, in chapter 11, verse 19 that we just read, it says the Ark of his covenant is there. And I, I would say it probably speaks to both. It, this being a type in shadow of Christ, of his son his beloved son. But I can't say that with certainty. It's, it's um, I'll say, intertwined, as it were, right? All these things in the Ark of the Covenant, again, with or the testimony, as it's said in Scripture, places before the testimony, and the spirit of testimony, of prophecy, is the testimony of Jesus. So, it may just be represented in Jesus, but there comes a point in Scripture, if you study it out, that it's just not mentioned anymore. It doesn't exist. So typically when that happens, right, there's, there's a couple examples. Enoch was one. Another was about Moses. And nobody knows where he's buried to this day. Right? And it, it says in later in Scripture how Michael the archangel uh, was arguing with Satan about the, uh, for the body. Right? Um, but the Lord took the body, and nobody knows where it is. So we see this also as a, a pattern, right? And you brought this up in a previous podcast. With, you know, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let something be established. And there's two examples right there. Uh, I would say the third is, is probably this ark. You know, again, I, I don't know that with, with certainty, right? There are things that the Lord will have to reveal, but we have to consider what's already in his word. Again, patterns that he has set and established for a reason. And if Jesus ascended, and we we didn't see him ascend, but his disciples clearly did, and they wrote about it, and we covered some of those scriptures, all right, and that's, that's in his word. It was there for a reason. And if the Ark of the Covenant, the representation of, of his son, a type and shadow of things to come, it wouldn't have to wouldn't it have to follow the same pattern? Yes. So, it's a good question, brother. Yeah, I just um, thought it bared or merited asking. So Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's all the Lord. Anyone else? Have anything that the Lord wants them to share? Well, um, going back to what we, you and I were discussing this week as we like went through the scriptures... And our minds kind of like jumped to the same question in Jeremiah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in, 
I think Lamentations at that point. Maybe it was Ecclesiastes, but they both go together. So okay. Um, let me let me let me get there real quick. Ecclesiastes 7, and then Limitations, it's just called, limit, yeah, Limitations 2, verse 9, I think, or Limitations 1, verse 9, sorry. Limitations 1, verse 9? Yes. Okay. Which says, um... Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy is exalted. And um, I was thinking of Jeremiah and the covenant that God had made with them. And the Lord was showing me um, just the different aspects and I've done this in my own life, how I've cast off the covenant that he made with me, did not consider my destiny. And the Lord was just showing me, um, I guess, like giving me a, a preview, if you will, if I continue down this track, what, what the outcome would be, the awesome collapse. And I don't mean awesome as in that was so great. It's more like a horrendous, how could this happen, kind of awesome. Um, and then in Ecclesiastes 7, and I will read, well, it's really the whole chapter, but I'll just go to verse 12. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression destroys a wise man's reason, and a bribe debases the heart. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former times better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, as money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. And so... Okay, so want to connect the, the scriptures for us? Yes, okay. absolutely. The children of Israel, when they went in, when they came out of Egypt, at various points through wandering through the wilderness, they accused God of bringing them out of Egypt to kill them there and said, why couldn't we go back to Egypt where we had meat and fish and leeks and onions and whatever it was, whatever else they named on that list. It, it, they had other things. And, and they were going, you took us away from that good place and brought us out here to kill us. That's verse 10 in Ecclesiastes 7. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. And so they were saying that the covenant that God was trying to make with them 
wasn't good enough and the lord had just showed me instead of allowing god to bring them from one place to another to mature them just as i have done in my own life i wouldn't allow my parents to help me grow up the end of a thing is better than its beginning and i i asked god why why would you say that because in a lifetime the things that you did when you were an infant don't work for you now and the things that you did for those that are adults listeners that are uh older than i am what what you did when you were 15 16 17 don't work for you now because it's not made for that phase and it's not made for that time and so it's better to let god take you through that process of um growing up so that you you can be properly prepared for the different phases in life versus you trying to go reach into the past, keep your feet planted in the present, and then also with your other hand trying to reach forward for the stuff in the future. You can't do that. And God's covenant with you and with me was to grow us up and to bring us to that final destination. So it's important that we remember and we keep God's word before our eyes and not cast off a string, go, I don't see the point, as Mommy was mentioning earlier. Because God sees the point and he wants to be one with you again, but he can't do that if you won't cooperate with him, just like the children of Israel. All of them could have gone into the land of Canaan, but they rebelled and they said, why were the former days better? They were trying to go back to the past and they broke God's covenant, which was way better than what they had in Egypt because they forgot that they were being whipped and everything else each and every day because they wouldn't let that go and grow up. They missed out, and then it was just the second generation, and then the whole spiral through the Bible until they got it together. Sure. So it comes down to choosing, right? Yes. And we just we were just talking about the choosing ground, and that's what the point and purpose of this earth. And the Lord desires, wills that we would all choose Him, but we have a free will, right? And we were discussing that how many rejected Him, right? Uh, rejected the work that Jesus did for us on the cross as a sacrificial lamb, as our propitiation, our atonement for our sins, right? Yes. Um, and when we reject that, the collapse is great, right? Because there's two parts here on this ark. The first being God sitting and judging between the cherubim and speaking to us. But the second, the ark aspect of it, not the mercy seat, but the ark, contained all those those things, right? The manna, the life. It contained uh, the rod, right? To perform it, but also showing Jesus and how he was going to do it and being lifted up. And the rod also speaks of, of an aspect of judging, even though he said it didn't come here to judge. And then, of course, there's the law. He came to fulfill it. And to demonstrate what it looks like to do that, right? Yes. But here's the thing. If we reject what he did, right? Mm -hmm. There's not a covering for us. There's no mercy seat for us. So we then experience the fullness of the law. What does he say about Moses? Or Jesus, he said about Moses, he's like, you look to Moses and in, his, in the scriptures, because in it, you think that you will fight, you have salvation. And then, then Jesus says, it's Moses who's standing up to condemn you. By the law. By the testimony. 
He, Jesus, came as our covering on the mercy seat. Why do you think it is when the people rebelled and, and rejected and, and even slid the mercy seat off the ark to peer into it? Over 50,000 died instantly, right? Yes. Why? They removed the covering. We must remain in him. We must believe in him. His love that he gave us grace that we access through faith. And yes, allow him to go through, to bring us through that process, to work out all the things that don't reflect him and his nature, his character, and his attributes in our lives. Absolutely matters. He's, he's patient. And when we do mess up, we can go and ask him. We can repent, asking him to forgive us and just bring it under the blood. So that's a, that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up and for sharing. But, um, we're going to pause there for today. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are good. And Lord, we also just thank you for the things that we don't consider as grand, Lord. And we just thank you for the little things that we tend to forget, Lord, and that you are still creator and you have blessed us with the things that are minute, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you that you continue to hear our prayers, Lord, and that you remember our good works before you, Lord, and that you are just to reward those who do good, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.